Scripture reading this evening is 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So good to be together once again. I see that not everybody got the memo that I would be speaking tonight. And uh, I'm sorry, I am. So now I'm telling you. Uh, no, we are glad you are here. It is always a great, a great thing to be able to come together and to worship a great God who sent us, uh, who created this earth so that we could live. And even greater than that, he sent his son so that we could live. Tonight, as we open our Bibles and we look at the lesson, we'll be looking at what was just read in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and we'll be thinking about time to retire. You know, retirement is something that many people look forward to. We spend our whole lives working and uh, going through, uh, going through the, the different stages of life that lead us to a point that we call retirement. If you look up retire in the, in the dictionary, it means to withdraw from action. Uh, it means to withdraw for privacy, to move back, or to withdraw from one's position or occupation. We all pretty much understand what reti retirement is, whether we're very young and we think, hmm, I'll never get to the age where I retire. There's some that are young that are so young they haven't even got to the point where they have to work yet. Or there's some people that already understand what retirement is like. But everybody can think about a time to retire. After working the better part of your life to, pro to provide and to take care of your family, it makes sense that a Christian would get to a point where uh, they're going to be able to relax. Uh, we understand that if you look at 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 8, uh, the command there for the Christian to provide for their household. So they spend the whole younger, the younger part of their life doing this, and then through the, through the means and through setting back, we have such a time in our life that is called retirement. Now I tell you all this to tell you this. We're not going to talk about that retirement. We're not talking about retiring like that. We're not talking about finishing our, our life in the workforce. We're talking about a different type of retiring. It's a retiring that, if you know me, it's one I do not like at all. It hasn't been many months ago that Jody Dunning and, uh, or actually it was Jody Howell and Barry caught me in the parking lot and they said, it looks like your wife's truck needs new tires. I was like, you're right. However, it costs lots of money, so I, I don't look forward to it. I hate it. But I'm sure everybody knows what it's like to have to go through retiring, putting new tires on your vehicle so that it can go the distance. Tonight we're going to talk about retiring in that sense. It's time for us to retire. In order for us to be able to go the distance as a Christian, in order for us to go forward, in order for us to do great things for the Lord, we need to retire. We need to start over. And by that I mean we need to get, we need to get our working feet on. We need to get our working shoes. We need to get new tires on the vehicle so that we can go, to, go the distance to fulfill the ministry that the Lord has given us to do. If you aren't already there, please open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, which we'll be looking at today. And we're actually going to be starting at the very beginning of the chapter. 
In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, if you'd follow along, verses 1 and 2, we'll notice pressing forward in the ministry. We've got to press forward in the things that we do. There's, God has given us a great task. There's a great task that we have to do, and it then relies on us doing our part. If you follow along in verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart, but... We have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. We need to be ready to press forward in the ministry. If you look at the very beginning in verse 1, he says, Since we have this ministry, we have a job. He goes on and he, he talks about what they've been given or what's been extended to them there in verse 1 where it says, uh, as we have received mercy. Really the ministry that we are looking at revolves around the idea that the mercy came to us. Because we have this mercy, we ought to spread in the ministry the great gospel message, how that Christ came to give mercy so that mankind could be saved. As you think about the ministry, declaring this great message is a privilege. It's an honor. It's a great thing to be able to tell the world about the great things that have happened to us. It's a great opportunity that we have to change people in the world. Oftentimes recently, Mike has mentioned if we're going to change the nation, if we're going to change the world, it comes by preaching and teaching the gospel. You can think back to Mark chapter 16 and verse 15, a very well-known verse, a very common verse, is uh, we see the great commission is given. The great job is given, and they're told, go into all the world and preach the gospel, every creature. Go out and teach and preach so that mankind can be saved. When you look at the ministry, when you look at the going and the preaching and teaching that is commanded in Mark chapter 16 and verse 15... It's a job for Christians, given specifically to the disciples there in Mark chapter 16, but spread to that of Christians. We have the job of going out and teaching. There is the job of going, and there is the job of sending. Now, within going into all the world, I trust that not all of us are going to be like Miss Geraldine and have our opportunity to be in China. But there will, some be, there will be some people that go to China and teach. There will be some people that might help send others to China. However, everybody here has an opportunity in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Because I see right now, as you sit in the pew here, you are in this location. You're in this locale, and we have the opportunity as we leave this building to minister to those around us. We need to do everything we can as far as going into the world to teach those who we come into contact with. It might not be that we get to go to every country in the world, but we do get to live in DeSoto County or one of, the, one of the nearby counties. We get to live in this general area, in this part of Memphis where we live. And therefore, we have an opportunity and a responsibility here in our community. If you look at Philippians chapter 3 and verse 14, as you think about pressing forward in the ministry... You can see it says, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. We continue to press on. We have to go on in the work. You know, it seems oftentimes that uh, there comes a point at which we 
feel like, well, maybe I've achieved or maybe there's no more that I can do, but yet within the, within the calling, within going home, God has a design that we all have a job to declare the message. We all have the job to be a shining light. We all have the job through our actions so that people can look at you and say, wow, they're a Christian and I want to be like them. As you think about going forward in the ministry, think about pressing toward the prize. Think about pressing towards the home which waits in heaven to those who are faithful. Not only is it something that's got to be spread worldwide, but in order to do that ministry, in order to be involved with teaching the gospel, in order to uh, do what we have to do, we have to gear up. We have to prepare ourselves. We have to be ready so that we can go out. We need to be so ready, so much, that, so much so that we are living in a way that people look at us and we can say what Paul did. Be ye imitators of me, even as I also am of Christ. We need to be able to go into the world and say, live like I do because I'm a Christian. When Paul went out, he wasn't saying I'm a perfect person, but yet he was following Christ. And if someone wants to get to heaven, all they have to do is follow that same trend. If we're going to go out and teach the world, it's going to require that we have that attitude. It's going to require that we have that dedication to God so much so that people look at us and they see God in us. They, they look at us and they see a glimpse of what could be because of the life that we live. I think also 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58. If we're going to be geared up and ready, it says, Therefore be ye steadfast, be strong, be firmly planted. It says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. Be com completely ingrained in Him. Be so much so that nothing can push you off. That's the, the strength that we see there is the, uh, the idea of one sp spreading their legs and getting down low and preventing one from being able to push them over. Preventing one to be able to make them stumble. We see someone is strong in the Lord. They're steadfast. They're immovable. If we're going to be geared up and ready and we're going to be able to go out in the ministry, we've got to have that type of faith where our faith is built on God's Word. Our faith is built on what God says. We also need to be redeeming the time. Redeeming the time really means to take advantage of every moment that you have. If you look at Ephesians chapter 5, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, it says, See then that you walk circumspect, circumspectly, meaning walk upright. Walking, walk, walking correctly, not as fools, but as wise. And then it says, redeeming the time for the days are evil. Redeeming the time means to take advantage of the opportunities that are set before you. If we're going to be ready to go out into the world and to teach the gospel, if we're going to be ready to go out into the world and have people see the way we act, we first must ready ourselves. We must be gearing up. For the work of the Lord. We must be redeeming the time. Not only do we have to press forward in the ministry, but we've got to watch out. Turn back to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1, or if, you, if we're still there, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1, and we'll notice prevailing over difficulties. We've got to prevail in the time of trouble when things, when things get bad. There used to be a saying, 
When the going gets tough, the tough gets going. You know, sometimes I feel like the mentality of our society has changed, and it means when the going gets tough, throw your hands up and quit. If we're going to be able to accomplish anything, we have to have that strength in the Lord, and we have to be able or be ready to stand against discouragement. Discouragement is a distraction. Oftentimes, discouragement comes. No matter who you are, no matter what point you are in your life, there are going to be discouragements. Life has the ability of getting us down, gets us depressed. It gets us to where we're discouraged and we find, I don't know what I can do from here. But yet, as we look to the Lord, we can see great hope. You know, no matter what it is that gets you down, there is a way to overcome I don't know what it might be that gets me down, but I came up with a list of things that, that maybe could get you down. It could be because you're too old, could be because you're too young, could be because you're too tired, and it could be because you're too weak. Could be because you're too sick or too strong, too short, too tall, too skinny, too fat, too cool, or just not cool enough. It's so sad that we can cover both sides of the spectrum in every attitude. You've got the person that that can't do it because of this, and yet another person isn't going to do the same task because they say, I'm on the other side. Well, there is no perfect setup. The only way to get things done is to take where you are and to go forward from there. If life has you down, the whole point is it's time to retire. It's time to start over. It's time to gear up again so that we can go forward in the work of the Lord. The gospel is only going to be spread by us. As you stick in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, you can go down, uh, drop down just a little bit to verse 7. In verse 7 it says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. As you look there, the power, uh, the power that comes through God that is spread to them is spread through this vessel. This vessel we're talking about is man. In order for the world to hear the gospel, in order for the world to be changed by the gospel, it's going to take someone sharing it with them. We as Christians are the only way that the gospel can be spread. If we're going to go forward in the work, we have to do just that. Go ahead and drop down to the, the main section in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, look at verse 16 and 17. Here it says, Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. There's some difficulties along the way. There are, there are things that come along the way that get you down. And so he starts out in verse 16 and he says, Therefore, we do not lose heart. Thinking back to Christ and the great things that he's done, understanding the great job that we have, because we have such a great thing awaiting us in eternity, don't lose heart. Even though that life gets you down, even though there are discouragements and there's things that come along the way that just seem like they're a stumbling block in the road, we can't let that be the end of our doing good. 
We can't let that be the end of us doing what is right. In prevailing over difficulties, this, uh, this sermon, as I, as I looked at it, I considered a, a sermon that Brother Gary Colley wrote, who is the preacher at the Get Well Church of Christ. Uh, what he said in his sermon was, All who have come to the sunset years of life are tempted to think that there is no more good work that we can do in the church. We're often tempted to say, let the younger ones take on the work. Then he goes on to say after that, growing older is, ability, is the ability to see the whole picture of life, and with this abounding knowledge and wisdom, we are more able to help others than in any time of our lives. You know, it's amazing, as a young person, as I look around and I look up to those who are older, you see the great wisdom that comes with the years. You see the great abilities and the, the great things that have come from their study and from living and understanding the way that, that life has went for them. There is so much that they learn. When you think about that of the retirement age, not people that are old, just those that are more advanced in age, they come with wisdom. Wisdom comes along with it, with the years, and therefore... The point that Brother Colley was making was, look, there are great things that we can still do. No matter what age we are, we need to be retiring to go forward. If we're a young person, we need to be retiring so that we can be ready for the things that are ahead of us. If we're a little bit older and maybe we... We have things that get in the way because we're too busy. We need to be retiring so that we have our priorities in order. And if we're more advanced in age and we understand what retirement's already like, we need to be retiring so that we can go out and continue in the great work that is ahead. At the very, very end of verse 1, which we looked at earlier in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, it ends the verse with, we do not lose heart. Over and over we see the idea that no matter what happens, no matter what gets in the way, do not give up. Don't let life get you down to the point where you throw your hands up and quit. You know, there have been certain things in my life where uh, after working on it for a certain amount of time and I couldn't figure it out, I said, I quit. And I didn't ever fix it and I had to call somebody to come in and fix it. But, in regards to your Christian life, if you get to the point where you say, I quit, it's all over. Everything's lost. There's nothing left to go on for without God. God, by great design, had a plan so that we could go on. As you look in 2 Corinthians, we see great encouragement to continue, continue moving forward. As I think of discouragements and I think about what they do to us, Really, discouragements are Satan's trickery. It's Satan's way of tearing you down. In a special pas passage of scriptures, in Ephesians chapter 6, uh, it's talking about putting on the armor of God. And in verse 11, it says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You might remember an old cartoon character named Wiley Coyote. The whole thing there is a play on words that he was going to trick and catch the roadrunner. The wiles that we're talking about 
in Ephesians chapter 6 are really along the same lines. It's the same thing. It's the trickery that Satan has to destroy you. I think oftentimes discouragement is just one of those things. That discouragement comes even from within. You know, maybe somebody makes a decision that you just don't like. Maybe things don't seem to go our way. Maybe we go to the fellowship meal and the food that we wanted to be there just didn't show up. There's little things that discourage us, and then they're blown out to proportion. We see God set up a plan, a warning to not lose heart. Don't give up. Little things will get you down, and they'll destroy you. Not always is it Satan trying to sneak in by coming in through that of false doctrine. Sometimes Satan would want to destroy us from the inside out. Don't let the little things get in the way. Don't let the little things get you down. Discouragement can only be, be overcome by hard work. It can only be overcome by working harder, putting your best foot forward and going on in the work of the Lord. No matter what our age, no matter what our health, no matter where we are in our lives, we must work while we have time. You can think of John chapter 9 and verse 4. In John chapter 9, verse 4, it says, I must work the works of him that sent me, notice it says, while it is day. While there is still time on the clock, any time before the judgment, while we still have time, we must work the work that we have. That work that we have is the ministry that's being spoken of in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Not only do we need to be scared of the discouragements that come our way, we have to prevail over them, but we also need to be preparing for the future. We need to be preparing for what's ahead. Back in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, the last verse in the chapter says, While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. You know, keeping your eyes ahead really helps to keep the person from faltering. It helps us to continue moving forward, pressing on toward the mark. When you think about preparing for the future, the idea is that we need to be looking forward and working Toward the goal. In 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18, we see the idea of looking forward to eternity. It says, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit. We have a whole bunch of reason to look forward because Christ came for me. And in doing so, it says that he might bring us to God. The goal is going home. If we're going to go home, it requires that we continue to work and prevail over the things that get us down along the way. In preparing for the future, it requires that we work together. You know, in a great passage of scriptures in Hebrews chapter 10... We see the idea there of helping one another. 
in order for me to get to heaven and in order for you to get to heaven, it really requires us working together. In Hebrews chapter 10, if you drop down to verse 24, it says, Let us consider one another. Let us think about each other. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. He says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. You know, there's great reason. There's great reason for us to come together because if we want to get home, encouragement helps. Working together helps each of us to make it on our path. And as he goes there and he says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another. A great reason to come to service is so we can encourage and build up each other. Because the whole goal is that each of us gets home. In preparing for the future, God, a long time ago, through his great foreknowledge, prepared for us. You know, God knew that mankind was going to sin. God knew that sin would come into the world and there had to be a remedy. There had to be something to take place of it. So if you look in... 1 Peter chapter 1, we can see just a small piece of God's foreknowledge. 1 Peter chapter 1, we'll be looking at verse 20. And as you see there, it says, He indeed, talking about Christ, was foreordained before the foundation of the world. Before the world even started. Before we see the recording of Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning, God created. That beginning, that beginning point, before that, God had a plan that we could be saved in, or that we would have a way or need a way to be saved, and that's, that way in which he could overcome was through Christ. In 1 Peter 1, verse 20, it says, He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times to you. They understood that because Christ had just been there, Christ had lived, and Christ had died and resurrected, and they knew that they needed what that Messiah had. They knew they needed forgiveness that could only come through the Son of God. God had this plan from eternity so that we could be prepared in the future. In preparing ourselves, in going forward in the work, we really need to have the mind of Christ. We understand it says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Well, if you look at Luke chapter 19, verse 10, probably one of my favorite verses in the, world, in, in the, the Bible, which all of them I would say that on, so that's not even fair to say. In Luke chapter 19 and verse 10, we see a great thing written. It says, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. He came and he cared about us. We need to have the same mindset where we have purpose in going into the world to help those who are lost. We need to be able to help those who haven't heard the gospel. We need to help those see the importance of the gospel. They might have heard the gospel and didn't, didn't apply it to their lives. They just said, oh yeah, that's nice. We need to be that person for them. We need to have that mind of Christ so that we can go out and encourage others to do what's right. If we don't have this 
this concept, if we don't have this great idea in our mind of going out and helping others, about shining our light to those that are lost, then it's time to retire. It's time to gear up. It's time to start over. It's time to prepare ourselves for the great work that we have. As we saw in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 1, there is a ministry that is set before us. The ministry that we have to do is preaching the great mercy that comes through Christ. Now as we come to the end, I understand that it's possible that there's some here that have not taken the opportunity to put themselves into Christ. They haven't taken the opportunity to apply the gospel message to their life. The gospel message is very simple. God made it very easy so that all could be saved because that's who he cares about. When you look at God's design, he talks about that the world can be saved. His whole design was that Christ would come so that all mankind could be saved, and then it comes down to us. Are we willing to accept that? Those of that have chosen to accept it, it comes down to us. Are we willing to spread that? You know, as we look back at Mark chapter 16, and I mentioned verse 15 where it said, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. As you go down into the next verse, it really ties in the whole context of what they're preaching when it says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. There's a requirement on mankind's part to put into action what we have. There's a requirement on, man's, on, on our part to believe what God has given us because of the great promises that we have, because of the, the great evidences that we have showing that Christ came and he died for us. We need to be willing to repent. We need to change our lives, giving our life to Christ, being willing to confess him, meaning he is my Savior today and he is my Savior forever. There might come a day where we'll have the gun to our head and they'll ask if we believe that Jesus is the Christ. And just like the confession that is made right now, we have to make a confession for our lifetime that Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the chosen one, the one whom we worship, the one whom we follow. If we're willing to do that, if we're willing to be obedient to what God has told us to do, the baptism that's required in Mark chapter 16, verse 16, if we're willing to follow those guidelines and be obedient to God's word, we have the great hope of the home in heaven. I encourage you, if you haven't given your life to Christ, why would you wait any longer? We must work the works of him while it is today. While we have time, there is still time. Don't, don't wait too long. If you haven't given your life to Christ, don't wait any longer. If you've been a Christian and you've been living as a Christian, but yet you let life get you down, we don't want to give up on you and God won't either. The promise is that if we'll confess our faults, God will forgive us. If you, if you need the prayers of the church or if you would like to respond to the gospel call, please come as we stand and sing.